podcast. My name is Tanya Rimberg, and this is episode number four. In this episode, I get to go backstage vicariously, of course, to high-end equine sporting events. A friend of mine tells all about what it's like working at those events and how tough that work really is, and just generally how equine sport choir a lifestyle kind of dedication. This one is full of adventure stories, so even those who are not interested in horses in particular can enjoy the experience, I think. So, here we go. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so, so much for doing this, especially that you've just told me how busy you are and (laughs) how many things you're planning to do. So, thank you so much for taking the time and talking to me about one of my favorite subjects, horses. Uh, and I'm really, really excited to hear your story and your experience because I wanted to work with horses for a really long time and I feel like you're living my dream right now. <laughs> so here we are and just please introduce yourself to the audience. First of all, thank you so much for having me. And I'm really glad I can hear about you because like we we met I think years ago. Yes, I think years ago. Uh and we were we went to riding horses, I think, to your to your acquaintance or some uncle. Um my name is Rita. I'm 22 years old and uh, I'm studying equestrian uh, agriculture engineering at Kaposvár University in Hungary. Um, but I'm studying international business at BG. It's a university at Budapest. It's a part-time university. And uh, yeah, uh, when I was a kid, uh, I was growing up at Kecskemét, a smaller city in Hungary. And and at the end of our little street, we had a lot of horses and lots of stables. And, you know, it's a smaller village. We live next to Kecskemét and we had like uh, gypsies with horses, you know, and they were always walking around in the village. So I was always surrounded with horses. And, you know, I was a girl and I always loved horses. So... I always just wanted to work and study about horses. So that's why I went to this university to study more about them. Yeah. Oh, well, that, yeah, that sounds so good. I, I didn't have such an environment when back when I was a kid. So I'm really glad to hear that you were surrounded by horses, even at such a young age. Um, and we were going to talk about your university experience, but um, you actually have much, much more to talk about. So just maybe um, sum up your years at the university and uh, what kind of an experience it was like. Maybe just a little bit about um, what a day would be uh, at a university, and then we can go on to the exciting stuff. Ah, oh, okay. Uh, so this university takes uh, seven semesters, six to studying subjects, and the last semester I am having next uh, semester in the fall 
is only 12 weeks uh, working, like working experience, getting working experiences. Uh, the first year was the hardest. Uh, we had riding lessons every day at seven o'clock in the morning. Uh, we had to be at a stable, which is just um, at the opposite of our university. So it, it was not that long to walk there. But, you know, when it's winter and it's really dark at six o'clock, when you get up and uh, when we finish our classes, it's always like six or seven o'clock. It's always like you are getting up in the dark and you are going back to your door room in the dark. So it was really hard. And we had uh, riding lessons in the morning, which is ended up like uh, half past nine. And then we are rushing back to our do dorm to change clothes. And then we went to classes where we learned about um, basics about horses, uh, you know, their bones, the sicknesses. And because we are agriculture engineering, we uh, studied a lot of uh, about uh, the fields, the plants, how to grow them, how to like basically how to manage uh, a stable or run a business with, with plants and food. Uh, and that's why it was hard because most of the people who came to this university thought, okay, we're just gonna learn about horses. And then we came here and we, we, we had even math, mathematics and ET and, and everything which is not included not about horses and that's why it was so hard for some people you know um yeah so the first year was really hard but it was motivating i think because we had horse riding lessons and then after one year uh we had to take a riding exam and that way the trainers can dividing us to trainers to training us as a trainers or to sport management. And this is where the class is like separated after one year. And after that, um, they were more focusing on the trainers because they had more riding lessons and we had none at all. And uh, I didn't really uh, learn that much at university because I think when you are working with horses, you are not uh, studying them and learning them from books, more from experiences. That's, that's my point, I think. So it was a little bit disappointing to go there, but uh, the first year I had so many uh, things I learned because I was surrounding with horses every day. I was in the stable every day. I had the horse to take care of every day. And that's what was really good. Okay, so you, so you actually rode the same horse every day or you would, you would change horses? Uh, it depends on the people because uh, I was not that good in riding so they didn't focusing on me that much so it was okay I, I'm just riding one horse but when you are more um, 
better rider you it's better for you to change horses like um a couple of weeks but yes of course when you are already competing with a horse it's better to compete with the one horse you know better but when you are learning how to ride and you are like um, studying and taking lessons it's better to change horses like two three weeks because uh, you you don't want to use to one horse and one habit, you know. It's like, you know, it's like driving. So when you are learning how to drive, it's okay to learn from with one car. But after you have to try other cars because every car is different. And you have to learn how to handle every car, how to drive every car and not like, um, you know, the first few minutes, like you use like, going and, and it's, the car is not really going and doing some weird noises but slowly you're gonna mm, more easily um sensing out uh, i don't know how to say the sensing out how to uh, talk with the horses and doing stuff with them with every other horse so not the same one so this is very interesting because i i have ridden horses so I understand what you're talking about but uh, let's pretend that there is someone who has never ridden a horse before what Mm -hmm. what does it feel like riding a horse what do you have to pay attention to oh it's like um most of people think we are just sitting on the horse and we are doing nothing just traveling on the horses but um I'm I'm a little bit glad when they are me because that they don't know how much I'm struggling on the horse because you have to like make so much things on the horses so you have to like um with your balance and with your weight you can control the horses you can use your body like basically you have to use your whole body so it's it's your shoulders is also important your head where do you, where uh, your eyes is watching uh it's also important like little things you don't even know where do you put your feet where do you put your hand how high how low it's always different um but like um and it's also different uh, what kind of horses you are riding so if you are riding a youngsters you have to keep in your mind that it's a youngster you don't have to you cannot ask them too much because they don't even know it's not about their obedience so they don't want to do it but they cannot do it um it's like when you have a kid you cannot ask them to run 50 kilometers or make um very complicated tasks because it's not because it's not that they don't want to do it because they don't want to um, do it because they're lazy, but they cannot do it yet. That's why you have to be really patient with the horses. But when you are riding on other horses, you also have to keep in mind that they already know what you want to ask and what you want them to do. But because they know maybe you are a beginner and they are just um, make fun of you not doing it on purpose. 
So that's why. <laughs> yeah, they, they basically do. So like my horse, um, I, I had a horse. Um, he's eight years old. And he's really, really nice horse when I am riding him. But when my sister is riding, he exactly know what my sister wants to do. But because he's more beginner than me, he doesn't do it on purpose. And just like, I don't, if I don't have to do it and I don't have to more, I have to do more work, I will not. So he's really smart horse. So <laughs> I guess, um, I guess you have horses that you connect with better and there are other horses that you don't connect so well. How, how do you work that out? How do you know which horse to pick or how do you know that that day is going to be a good day or maybe the horse is a little bit nervous or anxious? How, how do you know that? Uh, basically, when you are taking them up, you already can feel that if they are more nervous or they don't want to work at all. Like my horse is really lazy when I'm getting him from the field. I have to like, like pull that, pull him out from the field because he doesn't want to work at all. But sometimes he, when I didn't uh, ride him for a long time, he wants to go inside and he knows what I'm gonna do. And then he's like waiting for it to finish taking up and we can go out. Uh, but when you are uh, riding a mare, it's like the girl horse, um, they have period as like us as well. So when you have a girl horse, you have to uh, keep in mind that as well. And every horse is different. Sometimes uh, they are more lazy when they you know, have their periods and others are more energetic. I think just like girls, it's always different. But um, when you're a professional rider and not like for just for fun, riding horses, you have to understand every horse and you have to um, control yourself to managing to work as the horse pleased a little bit. Because it's not um, equipment, you know, it's a living um, animal who has thoughts and feelings as well. So it's not like a bicycle or a car and you just go when you want. It's also a horse, uh, a living creature. What about stallions? Because what I've heard uh, within the circles that I went to, everybody was like, don't even get close to stallions. They are dangerous. I mean, of course, I, I was a beginner and just a, a leisure rider and uh, I was absolutely not a professional, but... Uh, do you have any experience with stallions? What What are your thoughts? Uh, it depends on. So I, I met some stallions that I don't think they know that they are stallions. Like when they can, you can put the stallions next to a mare and he doesn't care at all. I think the mare more interested on stallions than stallions on mare. Uh, but... Uh, of course, you have uh, stallions who are aggressive as well, but um, you have to more um, you have to show them that you know what you are doing, 
because if you have you are hesitating they can feel and they can um uh, they can feel it and they can like uh as well attacking you and like making m more fun of you basically yeah and i don't know if you know but stallions can smelling out the humans as well so they can smell if the girl is having a period and that's why uh, a, a girl a groom which who is uh, like taking up the horse and mocking them out cannot uh, go near the stallions or uh, have to um, like stay stay attention to to them because they can be very aggressive with them with the girls oh i've never heard that but that's uh, that, that's good to know yeah what never, a sad fact <laughs> i never heard it before like two or three years ago i heard first so you were headed to other very fantastic places how how come that you wanted to wanted to go abroad well i always wanted to go abroad because you know it's always always interesting abroad the other places that you are been um and because i am chinese i wanted to go and study more about chinese culture chinese horses chinese um riding things because the world didn't know about that much either and um i i liked one of my teacher very well uh really much in the university. He is a French guy and he studying in some way, somewhere, I don't know how to pronounce it. It's a French uh, city and university it's, and one of the best one riding university in Europe. And he came to Hungary to teach us in the university I, I, am, I am in. And um, he has a stable next to, at, at, near to my university and I take my horse to there and uh, he had some uh, uh, contacts and friends in Germany and Belgium and Netherlands and uh, we had an opportunity to go to Belgium yes Belgium first and uh, he wanted to have um, guys to go there because you know when you're working with uh, horses you have to carry and uh, working with heavy stuffs as well and you have to work from really early in the morning till the end of the day so it's not really a girly work and so he asked me to get some guys from the university but because it was in april so we had classes and he uh, he wanted to go he wanted guys to go in Belgium to three weeks, so it was really hard to get any any guys, any anybody to go there. And uh, finally, he managed to have the the people he wanted to, but you know it's not stable work. So the people who are who want to go there, it's not um, we don't know them, only from you know online. So it's like Facebook. Facebook post and someone is just yeah yeah I want to go but we don't know how how if they are really going to go so um, I know that that uh, they are going to Belgium and on Monday 
And on Sunday evening, I remember on Sunday evening, I was with my friends. Sunday evening, my, my trainer, the French guy, uh, called me at 10 o'clock in, in the evening to ask me what I'm doing tomorrow. I was like, uh, nothing much. I'm going back to university, having classes. And he said, yeah, yeah, but uh, I need one more people to go to budget. And I was like, but, but, but when? I was like, six, six o'clock. I was like, in the afternoon? No, in the morning. I was like, what? And he was like, oh, yeah, can, can you go to Bajam in six o'clock? I was like, it's eight hours apart. I was like, yeah. And so I was like, oh, okay. So I headed back home where I had only two days of clothes because I was in Budapest, you know, and I was living in the, in the dorm in Kaposhwar. And I had to pack almost everything from my mom's uh, closet and the other the, tomorrow six o'clock in the morning I, I went to Belgium for three weeks just like and I was writing emails to my teachers like hi sorry but uh, I had a work and uh, I had to leave the country so I cannot attend your classes for three weeks I hope it's okay but I'm already on the way to Belgium so it doesn't matter what they are replying because I cannot go back if they if this is if they are writing me back like no it's it's a big problem so it was the first time I went to to Belgium to work. That is amazing. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> these stories I'm telling you, it just I'm so happy that I started a podcast because I get to hear stories like this and this is so amazing. You are a risk taker. I think I think if. I would have said no, but I, you're amazing to say yes on sh such a short notice. So, wow, hats off to you. What, what, happened, what happened when you arrived in Belgium? First, we, we, we drove our car, so it takes, it takes like 14 or 15 hours to drive there. Um, and we arrived in the middle of the night. And uh, there was no people in the stable. It, it was a huge, like, really huge stable. Like, they, they are not really, like, taking care of horses. Like, you, you can, like, uh, rent a box or something. They are more, like, uh, competing and organizing events there. So there was no people to be there. And we had to call our boss to, to ask him, like, can you please called the Belgium boss to come to us because we spent a day in the car and we are retired and we are getting up tomorrow morning. Um, and then like after an hour, we, can, we could go inside and like take a shower and everything. And well, the first, uh, the first few times when we went out was so bumpy because like they like they didn't remember that they have a Hungarian team in the stable, and uh, I was the only one who speak English, and I had to ask them every time that we are hungry. Yes, we would like to eat dinner. Yes, we would like to eat breakfast, and it was like almost every day like to ask for food, and I. I, I, it's not on purpose or I don't know, like they didn't manage it that well. Um, but uh, 
we learned, we study, uh, what, like, we, we had to work a lot and we didn't know that much, but they told us what to do, what to see, what, if you see this one, what to do. Basically, we were working on competitions in the, uh, in the area, arena where they have the jumps, you know, we, it was a show jumping competitions and we were working in the, in the arena. And if they knock off um, a pole, we have to go there and pick them up and put it back. That basically this is the work we had to do, but it's more complicated if you, if you're really in, in that moment. What do you have to pay attention to when you are working that kind of a job? I mean, I guess there are horses around, so it's kind of dangerous. Um, there are a lot of people around, it's noisy. Uh, what, what does it look like? What, what do you have to pay attention to? Like basically, um, the horse is jumping around. So they have like jump number one, jump number two. So on onto your jump number 13, for example. And they have a line to ride, you know, and you have to take make attention, take attention to not to run in front of the horse, or if the horse stops before the jump, uh, it's the um, you have to like run there, but not that fast to uh, spook the horse, but you have to build everything back up, and you have to like. Um, make the the floor even as well when the horse stops you know um well some some poles are not exactly like um curvy some poles are curvy and some riders ask us to like move the rotate the pole a little bit um it's really hard to say a few words but First, the most important to take, make attention to the horse, not to disturb them when they are riding their rounds. Uh, between the classes, we have to move the jumps on time because like we have like, sometimes we have only 15 minutes to move all of the jumps, which has like wings, which you uh, put the poles on, uh, like, Every jump has two, four, or six wings, and you have poles, which is like can be from three until till six, seven. And you know we are we were girls, and it it, it is really heavy. Sometimes we had we we had to like three or four of us take one wing, or even the guys. It's really heavy, and you have to put other places. But you know you have. Um, uh, course designers to tell us, telling us what to do, but because we have such a small time, a short time to do it, they can be sometimes uh, grumpy, you know, when you don't know what to do or how to do it. Well, I guess uh, any any job in in the well in the racing industry or uh, in equine sports is is pretty tough. Uh, yeah. The riders, the trainers, the tech, the grooms, everything is just uh, so complicated and, and has its dangers and has to be on time that yeah. uh, everything is, is tough. And, you know, as you said, the early mornings, late evenings. Um, so it, it, it's, um, 
like when other people talk, uh, asking me how many hours are we like um, working it's not it's not like a nine to five jobs like five oh oh you are just leaving no it's until you are finishing so sometimes when we have like bigger events uh, which uh, ended up at midnight we are building a course to the other day and we can finish it and we go back to our place to stay and the the other the other morning it starts at seven o'clock so we have to draw back at 6 a.m so it's like you have four hours to um take a shower with other people like we have one or two showers for five or six people or even 11 people and then you have like three hours to sleep and start starting like again so I think in the horse industry, only people can stay who are really um, loving this this thing. So it's not easy to make money from it because yeah, it's, it's tough. It's really tough. Did you did you get to ride while you were there, or did you have riding lessons or or no. nothing? No, only working. Only, we are not even touching horses. We, uh, well, we cannot because it's not our horses. It's like you, like you are going on the street, so it's not your dog. You cannot pet them. It's like the horses, you cannot um, touch the horses unless they are asking you to hold the horse or like walk with the horses for a few times, for a few minutes. But uh, we are not allowing to touch a horse. And the horses are really, really um, pricey here as well. So, <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Was it worth it? Uh, if if you had the chance to to go back and uh, do it again, would you go? Uh, I went back. Um, I think three or four times, and I uh, I really liked the boss there. Uh, he called. He his name is Ken. Uh, we usually call him Ken Baba. It's like Ken Baby um, in in Hungarians. Um, I really liked him. I think he is a really nice boss because he is not angry at us when we are doing something wrong because he knows we are not doing it on purpose, but because we don't know how to do it. So um, um, I really like how he is handling his people. And that way, I am really motivating to work uh, for him. And he is organizing a really big event every year in summer. Well, this year, he, he didn't have the chance to do it, of course. Um, and it's a five-star competition. So um, in competitions, you have like national competitions and international competitions. Uh, and if it's a international, you know, like, People from abroad, not Hungarians, can apply as well. And for international competition, you have like the basic, and you have like one star, two stars, four, three, four, five stars, and the bigger than five stars is Olympic Olympic Games. Um, so the five star is pretty big, and um, it was I think three years ago when they asked us to go back because you know. Um, we know what to do, how to do it. And it was like a competition as well uh, between the teams who were working there because 
they had the Belgium team working on the other arenas and uh, we had the Hungarian team in the one arena. But the, the one arena we were working was the biggest one where they had the longest days and where we had to work until 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. Um, so that was amazing because uh, we could met almost all of the riders, the top riders of the world, like basically the top riders of the world. Um, and other people paying so much money to even just watch the game and we were inside and you know the feelings when you are working for a whole week to um, building up for the last event the last class the biggest class where it starts at I don't know it's like, I think it was starting at nine o'clock in the evening and and it's dark but you have the big lamps so you don't even like notice that it's in the evening and so 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 many people and you have the big music and then when it's the the last means where where everybody like on the nerves they stop the music and and then you know that when they're cheering up the feeling you cannot you cannot get it from the from the tv and it's like when you are watching all, all the riders every day it feels like you are one of them. Like, you know them, where did they change the horses? They change something, they are doing something. You can learn a lot from the riders as well, how they are riding the horses. So, um, and the next year, um, my French boss uh, asked me to be one of the team leader in this event. So basically, we, we, we won um, that small competition we had uh, with the Belgium team. So we, the next year we got all of the arenas to work. Wow, congratulations. <laughs> uh, do you have a favorite rider or was there anything that you learned by watching these riders in particular? Um, yeah, uh, I have. Um, uh, his name is Marlo Zanotelli. It's a Brazilian rider, and he is very nice. Uh, I think he is in the top 50 of the world, and uh, um, he is very nice with his horses. Um, it it can shows like petting him, the connections with the horses. Uh, he can really feel. Um, these horses and uh, because the riders had so many um, horse uh, with them they usually have one or two or even three grooms to work with who will um, feed the horses water the horses like give uh, water to horses walk the horses so they don't have to do anything only ride them and competing and like uh, exercise with them uh, but he he doesn't do it that much, so he can sometimes uh, walk the horses. So you know more more like um, normal people to me. I think like watching him, and he's really nice. Like he always petting the horses during uh, like after the round he got. And uh, okay. what study like like that? So even if you are really on the high ranking you can be still normal people and don't have to like 
um, full of yourself, you know. So you don't have to choose that way. And did you did you get to like take a picture with him or did you talk to him or were you just like watching him from afar? Uh, watching him from afar and um, because his name was Donatelli and Brazilian and dark um, skin. Uh, we with my uh, with my friends we always called him Honolulu. I don't know why, but it was always Honolulu, and I I always telling her that. He's my uh, husband. <laughs> we are like, like sending each other like screenshots. Like, ah, did you like, see? Like, my my husband uh, won the competition again. And uh, like, when we were there for three weeks, the first time, um, it's like we have competition from Wednesday till Sunday. And in the Monday, Tuesday, we don't have competitions. We are um, usually booking out the booking out the stables and the boxes. Um, and then he disappeared for a few days because we, I, I couldn't see him around the stable. And then I found out in the, on Instagram that he flew to Shanghai and competed there for a few days. And then he flew back to competing here. And I was like, what? So it was amazing how they are managing all, all of that. I, I don't even know how he got the horses in Shanghai or how like it's amazing that's, that's Belgium what what did you do in the Netherlands um that was like basically it's not that far away from each other um and uh, that boss uh girlfriend has a stable in Netherlands and he's her family is working with horses for a long time and they they are not owing a big stable, but they have a big part of it. And the Ken Ken was was working with them, and now he is the director of this place. I think so. So, um, like as the time goes, more people noticing us uh, on competitions and calling my boss to work with them as well. So in, in summer we have like we have like friends as well, Centrope, you know, uh, they have a competition there as well. We have several places in uh, Belgium mostly, one or two in Netherlands, or um, we even got a chance to go to Spain, to Valencia, to work for three weeks, but because the traveling uh, fee was too much, they, they hired a, a Spanish team so so that's why I was in, in Netherlands but first time I was be there because uh, um, they had a Chinese group to come to compete and like 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 just traveling in Netherlands and they asked me to be their um, shuttle service manager basically I was their driver for the Chinese team and they were like 30 or 40 people. And we had three, you know, small cars, like not that small, small. So like nine people's car. And we had like, uh, I had two more Hungarian friends to work with. And it was amazing as well, because um, I, I, like, I could uh, know them better. I could know more 
the Chinese uh, horse industry. And after this, uh, the time they spent in Netherlands and Belgium, uh, I flew to Beijing and uh, I was like going around and uh, I was um, like going to their stables to, to like, I really like to watch and sing everything. And uh, I, uh, they had a three stars competition in the Great Wall. And I, I visited them basically after they were in Netherlands. So you've just said that you you were interested in in equine things in China and how that's connected to Chinese culture. Did you learn anything in particular about uh, you know the Chinese way of dealing with horses or maybe just a, a different architecture of the stables or, or was there anything that you learned in China about that? Uh, yeah, so the Chinese people um, working with horses, it feels more like uh, uh, equip, a sport equip for them. So um, I think because um, only the really rich people can um, ride horses because it's so expensive in China. So it's like an elite sport. And when you are really rich and you are paying that much money, you will not go into the stable and clean the horse and taking up the horse. So basically in China, when you want to ride a horse, you're just calling them like, okay, four o'clock and you go there at four o'clock, you get on the horse riding until you want it to finish. So it's like, 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 you know, the spoiled little kids. So, okay, I'm tired. I want to get off. Like in Hungary, no, if you, if you're tired, never come back. So, um, it's in Hungary, you are more listening to the trainers when, he said, it's finished, you are finished. Not like, oh, I am tired, so I'm going to finish. No, it's, it cannot happen. But in China, you have to listen to the customer. So when the kids say, okay, I'm tired, and you the kid just get off, and the, the groom and the trainer, like, lead the horse back to the stable and taking him off. So that's a difference. So they don't Thing that they need to wash the horses, clean the horses, do something with the horses, feed them or something. It's just like a fun thing to do at the weekend or like, like playing a tennis or playing golf. It's like, okay, we are just going riding horses. So it's not like a, a friend or a, a, like a family member for them. It's more like an equip still. But I think they are changing slowly, slowly. And the stables, um, and again, because they have so much money, they don't want to, um, they're usually uh, hiring a German, Belgium, or Netherlands. This is the top three countries in Europe uh, about uh, horse riding and uh, equestrian sports. And they are just like hiring an, a people to go to China and like build up a stable and that's all. They don't even know how to, most, most of the time, they don't know how and why did they do or build that way. 
after they can figuring out the, oh that's that's it that's a good thing to have so we're coming up to the hour mark here but i just uh, want to finish off with a few stories because i think anybody who who spends a little bit of time around horses is gonna have some scary moments some funny moments uh, some sweet moments and some not so sweet moments and uh, I just thought that because you have spent so much time around horses I'm sure that you have uh, a few stories to tell so if you have any please uh, feel free to share it with the world oh um my, my horse is really calm and I really like to like uh trying out his patience and and his um his calmness um i'm usually like um throwing to him a ball or a bottle or like but he doesn't scare at all so i'm starting like throwing him a towel raincoats you know like basically the horses i'm afraid of like basically they're afraid of everything but my horse it's really brave and uh, I want to think that he 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 trusts me, and that's why he is not that scared when he is with me. And uh, one time, you know, you know the T-Rex costume, the big one, like the really big one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I I ordered it from China, and uh, in the stable I I I was uh, wearing that. I don't know why, but it it, it, it was funny, and uh, I was running in the field. In that, well, the horses was really scared of the T-Rex costume. Yeah, um, and other time I was like, oh, well, try out if my horse is blind, will he that, like, will he trust me that much that he will go with me? So I, after the class, I, I took off my my T-shirt and I, with the T-shirt, I fold his eyes so he was completely blind and he was so he trusted me so much so we could even canter when he was blind so I don't know if anybody doing it or not well it's dangerous I know but uh, I trust him and he trusted me as well and we did it also in indoor as well so now that we're talking about dangerous stuff, um, <laughs> I think one of uh, the fears of many riders is is a is a bad fall. I mean, it's it's you know if you just fall and then you can get up and go on, that's fine. But uh, bigger injuries are possible and are you know a little bit in the back of your head when uh, there are some dangerous moments. What do you? What is your advice for for someone who who maybe fell off a horse and h- how do you get back in the saddle? Yes, I I I was afraid really really for a very long time, um, but after I got my horse and because my horse was a youngster as well, I got him uh, at when he was five years old, and that that is the period when you are teaching the horse and not the horse teaching you. So I was, uh, I was thinking like, okay, I can, like when we were like show jumping, you know, 
okay, I don't know, I don't even know how to jump. My horse doesn't know even how to jump, but I want to make uh, good for him. So I don't care if I am falling or if I am dying, but I want that horse feel confidence and feels that it's okay to like make a mistake or something. So I was like more focusing on him than on me. Um, like falling, it's the horses can feel when you're afraid. So I was like, there is no point to thinking of like falling down because if you are thinking too much, basically you're gonna falling down because you are so nervous and you are just concentrating on falling down, you will falling down. So there is no point. So you should focusing more on the task the trainer is asking and trusting your horse more. That's a very strong point. Uh, I seem like um, jockeys train with these machines, like they would it would be a machine like a horse and they would basically just train how to fall off, I guess. Uh, it was really weird. There was like this huge mattress in front of them and then this machine would basically run towards that mattress as if it was a horse and then it would stop as if it was a horse. And then of course uh, the jockey would fall off on the mattress But basically, that's how they train themselves to fall better, I guess. I guess. Have yeah. you ever seen such a thing or have you ever heard of it? Uh, I never saw this machine. I only know machines to like a virtual horse riding experience. So like people can like sit on that machine and like basically you are really just sitting on it. They can feel the pushing with your um, legs and your weight um, changings, but it's not it's not the same. Like I can see, but it's so smooth. The horse is not really work uh, like moving that that way. But um, yeah, the jockeys are you know like they are galloping really on a high speed, and it's really dangerous when they are falling down because the horses are not stepping on the the people they are they don't so they try not to step on you so when someone is falling in front the the horse is on the back trying to jump over them but because they have you know really short um the stirrups are really short they don't they cannot balance in that good in the saddle so that's why if one of the riders falling in front basically the two or three behind them is also falling down because the horse is trying to not to step on the people, on the person, and they like um, going like on the right, on the left quickly or jumping. The riders cannot like uh, understand what's happening because it was so quick. So they are usually falling down as well. You know, like, like the riders, uh, the bicycles, bicycle riders competing if one is falling there is no way to not run into him so on that very happy note um if there <laughs> is someone who who wants to try out riding what what should they 
pay attention to or what should they do their very first time? Uh, do you have any advice for them? Uh, I think they have to pick the, the, the good places, the good stable to go, um, because when you, are, you have a, a rider who is a beginner or never uh, ride a horse before, it's really important the horse how moves, how calm is he, because you can easily scare away people because they already scare because it's it's high sitting on a horse. It's weird that the horse is moving. It's weird. It's it's really weird. Like not for us because you are riding and I, I was riding, but for people who never sit on a horse, it's really weird that it's it's moving and everywhere is moving. So the head is moving, the the the, the the legs are moving, the saddle is moving a little bit. And when and I, I think the scariest moment for them when the horse starting to grazing and the head is just disappearing, you know, and they're like watching the horse and then like, there is no more horse head. Um, so it's really important to have a, a good horse to sit on because horses can be spooky anytime. But some good... Um, School horses can feel if the rider is a beginner or a better rider, and they are um, they they act um, sep- like like they have they are uh, acting better when they have a beginner rider, and they are acting um, funnier with the the better rider. So like when I am riding my horse. He can like jumping when he's happy, you know, like jumping or backing, bucking, sorry, bucking. But when my sister is riding, he is really calm and really sweet. He doesn't do it at all. So the horse can feel you as well. Well, that's uh, really good to hear. And uh, I think I've heard stories that I, I wouldn't wouldn't have even imagined. And uh, it was so good to to catch up with you and hear your story. And thank you so much again for doing this. You're welcome. I I was uh, really nervous before this podcast, and I hope uh, it was enjoyable. What what I told everybody. It was very very enjoyable. Don't worry about that. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Take care. Thank you. Take care. This has been the crazy stories about equine sports. I hope you enjoyed it. Please feel free to send feedback on any social media platform or an email. You can find a podcast at Double Mirror Pod on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, wherever. Thanks for listening and see you next time.